Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just Effort Podcast. I'm Angelo. I'm your host. And I'm excited to bring you episode number 29 because this is one of those like Joe Rogan-esque type of conversations between uh, Coach Jason and I. If you guys haven't met Coach Jason, listen to episode number two. He has one of our most listened to episodes on the podcast. He's just such an interesting guy. Super smart. He's done everything from medical school to being like a bouncer at a club this this guy has done literally he's done it all i'm excited for this conversation because we talk about stuff again kind of like the joe rogan podcast where it's just an open conversation there's actually a video version of this and we're going to release some of that video into our hashtag team effort Facebook group. So if you're not in there, make sure you get in there so you can actually see the live video or see the recorded video um, and enjoy it kind of both ways. This episode, we're going to be talking about everything from technology, how the government kind of uses technology to spy on us. Yeah, like you're probably like, what the heck? That's totally out of the blue. But we tie it back in into the fitness and nutrition and all these things that we're seeing within healthcare. Coach Jason talks about his time as um, as he was going through med school. He was expected to see 35 patients in 45 minutes. Yes, you heard that correctly. 35 patients in 45 minutes. How much rapport and value and help can you really give in, say, a minute contact? Actually, less than a minute if you think about it because you got to go travel. You got to take into account the time it takes to travel from room to room, right? So that's the stuff we talk about. Again, this is super, this is just, you're literally going to be sitting in between a conversation between Coach Jason and I. So I hope you enjoy it. This is going to be a great one. Again, leave us a review and I would really appreciate it. Have a great Friday, guys. It's audio recognition of things that you say, anything that comes up on your video. Let me tell you a crazier thing. So that's just one thing where audio will kind of uh, create ads that have been based on what your conversation was about, like Smile Direct Club. Mm -hmm. I was uh, looking at my shoes one day and I was holding my phone and I was talking to somebody and I'm just like, man, I love these shoes so much and it's a weird thing, but a lot of people do it. They'll get two pairs of the same shoe because it's so perfect, you know? Yeah. I was holding my phone. Amazon Prime, same exact shoe, identical, for sale, uh, 50% no. off. It's like uh, recommended for you. Same shoes. And these are Cole Hans. That I bought in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which are pretty rare. Wait, what? Wait, okay, okay, go ahead. Go so ahead, finish your story. So, okay. so it popped up on my on my feed, and part of it could have been audio. It's just like whatever, but I didn't mention the name of the brand or anything. My camera caught that, so my camera caught my shoes, and those shoes popped up. Same color, same everything. They're cream white, same brand, same model, and I thought they were discontinued. Like they don't make them anymore. So this you did ago. not buy it off of Amazon. I did not buy it. Never looked it up on Amazon. No, I'm not one to buy any clothing or fashion because stuff doesn't really fit. I bought this in Milwaukee, Wisconsin about a year and a half ago. And I said, I want to buy another pair of these shoes, you know, because in the physical therapy field, if something fits, you get another pair, you know, especially with feet. And it popped up on sale, 15% off, 15 bucks off, whatever it was. And my conclusion was, wow, like my camera feed went and gave that information to Amazon. 
and heard me say and concluded through an algorithm, like, he needs to buy another pair of these exact shoes. That's how crazy no shit. our phones are and how smart they are. And it's one thing to type in something. You type in something, it'll pop up on your Facebook. I get that. So, okay. So you did not, like, take a picture of your shoes. You're saying, like, your camera, without your permission, just yeah. kind of scanned your shoes. Mm-hmm. When they heard, I want the... When you heard, uh, when, when it heard, I want to get these shoes again... <laughs> if, like, you, if you guys don't know how cell phones work, like, the camera's always going, you know, and uh, it's been talked about. Like, even when the light's not on, right? Yeah, or even when the light's like not on. Red light the on. only time when you are safe is when the battery is out. So what do they do? iPhone has made it so that you can't take the battery out. Most of these phones are made so that if power is still running, it will get a feed through camera, through audio. This is exactly how it works. There's no conspiracy behind it. What? This is how the technology is these days. Why do you think you have all these predictable recommendations for you? You know? Like, there was articles about it a while back, you know, with some girl who was shopping online, and then all of a sudden she was getting ads for a pregnancy test or whatever from Target. Like, here, try this pregnancy test. And it found, it like, lo and behold, she was pregnant, and she didn't even know. But Target... And their algorithm did. That's how crazy science is. That's how crazy technology is. And, you know, that's how little we know about how technology works is what makes technology so extreme. And it's crazy. Yeah, that's... And I ain't lying about the shoe thing, man. It it was... I knew... Oh, man. Uh, It was crazy. Even years ago, like, I talked about Bank of America one day. I was like, I need to open up a new account. Email. That night. You got hit with an email. That night. This was five years ago. I'm like, I need to open up another account. Email Bank of America. Directly to my email, my personal email. Yeah, I need to get deposited like a million dollars. And it can't be from like a (laughs) prince in Africa. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm not doing that thing. You just have to talk about it long enough. They're like, I think we owe this guy money. Boom. (laughs) You're right, Jay. Dude, that's crazy. It is crazy. And it, it kind of makes you question like privacy in general and you know there have been great like the owner of google was brought to federal court i believe because of privacy issues what's his name from facebook oh, yeah zuckerberg zuckerberg many yeah, times for yeah. privacy yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like these are the big giants google amazon facebook like that are using this type of technology and sadly things like apple and samsung products you know are constantly listening, right? On a Samsung, I don't. I have, I have Apple, but on Samsung, you can just say, "Hey Google" or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, if it's not on all the time, why would it pick it up right when you say Google? It's on all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought about that. Same with like... Siri with Apple. So it's like, if the audio is on all the time, what makes you think that the video can't be? You know, your brother was just talking about it today, like how uh, I don't know if you walked away, but basically. People who worked uh, in the CIA and the NSA, they talked about how they were spying on people because uh, the person was good looking. You know, it's like, oh, let's check out this person today. Like, that's what they were doing in the NSA and stuff. Like, can't Damn. talk too much about government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it scares me, man. It scares me. But it makes me more careful with everything that I do. You know, it makes me realize that what you do when no one's watching really is watched. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's always we, something about watching. Yeah, which is amazing and creepy at the same time, but this is the world we live in. But, 
I, I, so I, I love where we're going with that because it's like, you know, how do you not, how do you continue living not in fear, mm-hmm. right? And then, like, next time I fucking see you, there's going to be, like, foil on your head yeah. and shit. Like, hey, Jason, what the hell is going on? <laughs> They're reading my mind, bro. Yeah. They're reading my mind. Like, so how do you, like, you know, because th- these conversations are freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I love having these conversations. You know, we've had these conversations multiple times. This is probably, this is the first time we're actually going into it and recording it. Yeah. And it's funny because this is not actually what we planned on talking about. No, we were, ta- yeah. we were going to talk about like, like fitness and steroids and stuff. <laughs> like, you know, but it, I, it just naturally progressed into this. So I kind of want to, I, I definitely want to continue exploring this. So if you're not used to the Just FM podcast going to deep shit like this, you, you probably won't want to stop listening now because <laughs> uh, if not, you probably left a long time ago, but this is really cool stuff. Um, Going back to the question, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like moving forward, like how do you not live in fear? Like how do you? you know? Yeah, I, I think you have to have an understanding of what the world is today. With all these technological advancements, especially in the past ten years or so, you have to understand that people are capable of so much. But at the same time, you know, there's good and bad to that, right? So with technology, we have medical advancements. We have the ability to, you know, just control certain things that we had no control over before. But at the same time, there's you know that bad end where it's like your privacy is kind of taken away. Mm. So the way I see it without living in fear is kind of have an understanding of this is our world today, man. Like this is what we created. We have this exponential blow up of technology that's going to be, you know, for good. And then some of it's for bad, man. So the people who have the best technology have the power. So it Mm. turns into, do you use this power for good or use it for bad? And you're always going to have both. You know, and this whole idea of good or bad is always going to be present in our lives. But in terms of technology, it's like you got to expect it too, because we're in a technological era right now, you know? So it's like you have to just live it and kind of understand it. I guess for me, I stopped listening to the news because I didn't want to be as informed about everything, but now it's very important to be informed. But the news isn't always so accurate as we were just saying. Right, right. So just be informed that, you know, technology out there right now is at a level where you're being monitored more than you would think and kind of accept that because, you know, that's the world we live in. And and I'm okay with that, you know, because Mm -hmm. there is all that technology that's for good. So, So give me an example of technology actually being used for good. Like what's... What's probably like the first thing that pops into your mind when you're like, oh, I'm glad, you know, this was created because it helps deal with like this health and fitness issue or, you know. Yeah, let me, let me just give you one example that comes to mind is Facebook in general. Mm-hmm. Facebook is such a great platform for allowing you to express ideas, issues, sell products. For us, it's like we're helping people on Facebook. Yeah. We're allowing people to take their lives and kind of modify it in a way that betters their health, betters their mental wellness. We're doing all that. So we offer a platform where anyone can look at our group and look at our posts and look at, you know, all the useful information. And it not only goes to us, but it goes to, you know, hundreds and thousands of other people. So like having that as a platform is amazing. At the same time, Facebook has got that bad end. You know, you have, we were just talking about with your brother, like it, People talk crap on Facebook. People, <laughs> yeah, yeah, people yeah. are bullied on Facebook. It's yeah. such a platform where someone who has little power in this world yeah. 
like some skinny kid can talk crap to whatever and mentally hurt them. And, you know, and that's causing uh, a lot of issues for younger people. You know, it's causing depression, it's causing suicide, it's causing a lot. So like you have one platform that can do so much good and so much bad at the same time. Dude, that's, yeah. what were you guys saying? Like MJ was saying, um, MJ's my brother. Uh, MJ was saying that, you know, before bullying was at school, you know, like only you, you go, you go to school, your bully's there, you're dealing with him or her or whatever, and you go home and then it's kind of done. Now it's like bullying is 24 seven. Like you wake up and what, what do you say? Like, <laughs> like. You wake up with like a, hey, good morning, bitch. Or something. <laughs> it's like you're bullied in your sleep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And for people who get like uh, updates or uh, what's it called? Notifications. It's like they wake up to being bullied. You know, it's yeah, the oh, tough dude. part of life. And uh, it's, it's just tough that people have access to other people so easily now. It's not and just through the phone yeah, yeah. And, or to their face. And, uh, you know, but that's, you know. I've accepted that type of technology. You gotta accept that technology is only gonna be more advanced in the future, and it's mm-hmm. it's gonna be scary at the same time. You know, there's this whole idea of artificial intelligence doing so much for people, but at the same time can be the end of civilization. It it sounds like a crazy sci-fi type of thing, but it, it's it's the truth uh, according to many scientists. You, you you ever seen that robot dog that can carry? Oh like yeah, wait. Yeah, and it's it's like used in the military to transport mm-hmm. ammo from mm-hmm. like one base to another or something yeah. like that, like we're in the middle of a battlefield. That dog is like a like it moves on its own. It's got hind legs and it's like jump. It can jump. It's it can got get joints. Over. It's got reactive mechanisms like a human. It's got balance. That was like five years ago. Let me tell you something. I was like, what? Let me tell you something. That was five years ago, and I feel like kind of like in movies. You see something in a movie, and you're like, man. That would be awesome and it comes out 10, 10 years from now. Yeah. But for me, that means that that was produced, used for military 10 years ago. Like, I apparently, when I saw GPS in the movie Enemy of the State, where they were following Will Smith through every building, I was like, wow, they know where he is exactly. Yeah. And think about it, we have that technology now. Yeah. I believe that they had that technology 15 years prior. I think that's the, the time frame that they, they tell people, like, they have that technology 15 years before it comes out in public, you know? use it for, you know, their advantage, like the U.S. military advantage. And I believe that completely. So when I see this robot dog, five years ago, it was doing all that stuff. I think they've had something way more advanced. And they're just slowly releasing it. And they're slowly releasing it. To the re- for the rest of the world to see. And there's one that flips. Have you seen it? I'm not sure. So it backflips. It was like a, a, a robot dog that backflips. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was telling somebody, I was like, dude... Back when we were five, they had those little dog, dog toys that bark and flip. I was like, you don't think they had that shit back then? Oh, shit. And that was just a toy. And that's like low-end technology. Like, they had that stuff way before, even then, I think. Oh, man. It's kind of like the media. The media controls what we know and what we don't need to know. You know? That's yeah. what I'm saying. Especially with technology and advancements, it's like, either we need to know it, uh, or either it'll be beneficial if everyone knows it, or they don't. And that's kind of where media can be controlling of a population. So let me let me ask you this then. In in a healthcare standpoint, obviously that's what we do, do you believe that the cure to cancer is there already? We figured it out, we're just not releasing it because you you cure it, all of a sudden you can't make money off of it anymore. Sure. I mean 
Let me tell you, with the technology that we have, I believe that so much is possible. Uh, with the medical advancements that they are kind of coming, that's coming about, there's in genetics, in treating disease, and understanding the body in general, like, I believe there's so much that's out there that's still being tested. And I also believe that there's stuff out there that is kind of being held back and not released because you have groups like big pharma, pharmaceuticals that kind of run the economy of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't realize that pharmaceuticals uh, just encompasses most of the money that, that is moving in this world. Mm-hmm. So like if you change something, let's say you treat something like diabetes, all these diabetes medications, metformin, insulin, like that will slowly be eliminated. So and if that's eliminated, you're changing the economy of big pharma. Big pharma is worldwide. You're changing the economy of basically the world. You're basically like dipping into the wrong pockets, right? Yeah. Like you're you're gonna start messing with people. You're gonna tug on the wrong, you know, on the wrong exactly, pockets. Exactly. You're gonna like tap people. You're like, no, 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 no. And I don't want to go there. <laughs> the scary part about this world is the people who run the money kind of run a lot, you know, and it's kind of understandable. But at the same time, if you don't have the money, you don't have control. So if you keep the control within the pharmaceuticals, it controls the healthcare industry. Uh, fun fact, pharmaceutical companies control the curriculum that's in medical schools. So it's... You mentioned something like that before, and I thought that was super interesting. So you're saying Big Pharma has their hands on medical, what, the, the curriculum, the medical school. The curriculum. So they fund the schooling, and because they fund the schooling, they can direct how things are presented. So basically, I've been in medical school for two years in the past, and it's basically you learn a disease, you learn the symptoms, and then you have a pharmacy, the pharmacy class, you learn the drug. And then you learn the generic drug, you learn the um, non-generic drug, and it's just like they teach you what you need to know and they'll tell you the drug that they produce. So there's kind of a conflict of interest with all that, you know? And not too many people, even in med school, know about this. Because, okay, so this is how I'm looking at it, right? So if you are the medical school, and I'm funding you, I'm Big Pharma, and I'm funding mm-hmm. you, you're almost indebted to me, right? Like, you're right? Isn't that kind of what it is? Like, you, you, you feel like I control your curriculum, right? If I, mm-hmm. I created your school... I get to say what your students learn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're paying the instructors and professors to teach a specific curriculum, to teach a certain way. The other thing that I don't think we do see is that all the books, all the medical books, like, I don't know, I feel like that was something established a while back because the science and medicine is still has like a baseline and and like a fundamental structure, you know, how the body works how it responds to medications, like there's still that fundamental aspect of it. But you're right though, I think if the money is placed somewhere, kind of like even in business, they kind of have direction and control over how that's run. Because schools are just business, you know, they're, they're no different. You know, they're advantageous, they allow us to get our jobs, but there's still that control over what is being taught. And, and medical school is a whole nother level, because you know, that's just another level of learning that's uh, above just a college level degree or a bachelor's degree, you know, and, and you think about doctors and you think about the incentives of doctors, where does it come from? Prescribing medications. 
And I'm in the healthcare field, so it's like I've seen every side of it. You and know, you were I've also seen... medical school. Yeah, like, medical you school almost became. I still want to go back, man. You <laughs> kind of change everything. But uh, you almost became a doctor, right? I had two more years. Two more years. Two more years, and I'd be a resident, which is pretty much a doctor, but. You know, you gotta take your boards. You gotta get placed. There's. Why did you change? If you don't mind me asking, sharing. The the main thing. Let me tell you. I remember doing a rotation, and for the rotation, you're giving everyone charts, and it, it's very similar to what you see in the the medical dramas, you know, on on TV. But I was given a, a set of close to thirty five charts, and I had to get it done within forty five minutes. So basically, so 30, 35 charts is that's 35, 35 people, people, 35 different people and kind of get it done in 45 minutes, which, you know, technically that's impossible. It's like 45 seconds a person or a minute, something, a person. And you look and you realize, and as I was doing it, I was like, this is why doctors are in and out. They're forced to, they're forced mm. to see a patient, get everything they need to do, all the pertinent information, symptoms, and then go to the next one. So it's like you lose that personal aspect of being with a patient. And that kind of ruined it for me. It's like, I want to spend more time. I'm that type of person who wants to be with you for 30 minutes. Right, right, right. And, and it's great that I got into physical therapy because I get to be with patients for 45 minutes to an hour, one-on-one. -on -one, and, and that's an amazing thing. And you don't get that, or I didn't get that with medicine doing rotations. So is that why you made the switch from being that to, you know, going to physical it's, therapy? Yeah, it's like I lost that. You don't have that personal aspect or you're not allowed to give that. Because once you start to get personal, you take your time, you know? Yeah. We're the type of people who take our time with our clients. Right, you know? right, right. Can you imagine doing, let's say, 20 people within an hour? Like, five minutes here, let me tell you everything you need to know. And it makes sense why some doctors have this personality of going in there being very quick and then and then they're out and you think they have a bad personality but they don't it's just how the job was trained it's just how you are trained as a student moving forward like this is what you have to do you have to be systematic you have to be efficient and a lot of these people are type a where it's just like in and out here are the facts these are the symptoms this is the treatment here are your meds i gotta go wow and uh I no, never you... wanted to be that. I yeah. never wanted to be... I wanted to be that personal doctor, you know? So you basically had to see, like, 30, 35 people in 45 minutes, like... See what was I'm wrong done. with them, see the symptoms, and kind of look for a treatment or see if their treatment is how it's working for them at the time. So do you think that's why it's so quick for, for doctors and people in healthcare to just quickly prescribe, like, hey, medication... Medication, medication. One, because that's what they're learning in school. Mm -hmm. And two is because, of you know, it's going to solve it quicker, right? Like, that's kind of like, I, if I don't have, you know, if I don't have a minute, a full minute or two to look at your car, how can I really diagnose what's exactly. wrong with it? Exactly. Oh, yeah, Jay, yeah, you need gas. Dude, like, you're what? What are you talking about? Like, oh, yeah, just get more gas. <laughs> you're, you're completely right, man. And it's a great comparison because the diagnostic portion of it can take time. You need to... Look at all the facts, excuse me, look at all the facts and kind of go from there and, you know, being like, even with a car, it's like you look at all the symptoms and kind of understand where is the problem coming from? Where does it originate? If a person is, you compare a person to a car and you go in there and you're like, what are the symptoms? 
where did they originate? You have to go through their personal history. And when, you, when I go through a person's personal history and medical history, it takes time. It takes time and you have to be, have that you know, understanding of, all right, this is where they've been, this is how their life was, this is what their diet's like, this is what their activity is, but you never get to do that so it is quicker to prescribe medication based on symptoms. What we do, going through people's diet and modern fitness, going through their exercise routine, their activity or lack of activity, we're able to change and better their health without the use of medication, which is why I like physical therapy. It's kind mm -hmm. of the same thing, mm -hmm. but that takes time. You need to have that personal connection with them. You need to have that rapport with them. And you know, that's something you don't get, at least I didn't get when I was doing medicine wow. or starting to do medicine. So it, it's much different. And if you think about it, a lot of diseases, a lot of ailments can be treated with diet and exercise. Something as simple as obesity. Mm -hmm. Just change diet, exercise, but it's like, where's the incentive for the doctor if they're just prescribing that? Mm -hmm. Which could be a prescription, diet and exercise, so change in fluids. So like, is the curriculum different? Or how different is the curriculum if, say, I want to become a holistic doctor, right? Like, how do you... I'm sure it's drastically different. You know, um, I don't know if holistic medicine is a specialty after you get your MD, because, well, going through the MD is pretty much, I would assume, uniform across the board. But after that, people can specialize in holistic medicine or I'm sure there's a holistic degree that is a doctor, but not an MD medical doctor. So that may be a little different, but I'm sure the curriculum is much different because you're treating the whole body. Like even people who are DOs or doctors of osteopathy, like they are treating the body as a whole and they're also treating for outcomes or for specific outcomes as a whole so it's a little bit different but at the same time still uses the fundamentals of regular medicine so what, what's the difference with MD and a DO? I think a DO just treats the whole body in a somewhat holistic manner I don't know specifically but they yeah. do have the same type of credentials and abilities as an MD and a lot of people are going the DO route it was an option for me at one point too um, but they are able to do everything that an MD does. You know, um, the doctor I know runs his own cardiovascular and orthopedic group of doctors. So they're not any different. But I know that the curriculum might be a little different. I don't know for sure. I wasn't in a DO school. Yeah. Wow. They just just thinking about everything like we're just talking about right now. Like, Dude, the holistic approach is the way to go. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing with modern fitness. It's like we're taking everything from their physiological health all the way to their mental wellness yeah. and their their day-to-day -day, like mindset, you know? So so there's a lot that we take into account that I wish, you know, standard or classical medicine would take into account. Yeah. And you know, we we've talked about this in the past. And just kind of like what you're saying, like you're dipping into people's pockets. You know, you start introducing the, these holistic methods where they don't have to take this medication. Now people, you're going to see a drop in usage of medication mm -hmm. and you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. All these, these asses and modern sure. things are, do, are like, oh no. <laughs> like, and then you're going to get like all these ads on your phone. Like, no. <laughs> I think the important part is to not only be informed about, you know, your own um, type of ailments or diseases or whatever you do have, like being informed about that and 
understanding that there are alternative methods of treatment, you know, like something, mm-hmm. I say diabetes a lot because my family has a history of diabetics. And uh, when my father had a change in just diet, you know, you are changing the amount of sugars and carbohydrates that come into your body. And therefore your body's learning to regulate the sugar a little better because there's less sugar in the system. So mm-hmm. it's like, what I'm trying to say is it's good to have an understanding of what you have because there, because medicine or medication itself isn't the only way to solve it. And I'm not saying medication doesn't work because a lot of it does. I'd yeah. say 90% of it does. But there are other ways, you know, to kind of handle it. So it's having an understanding and being an advocate for yourself as well. You know, if you think that, you know, whatever medication you're taking or the way you're being, uh, the way your treatment is going isn't right in some way, like always get a second opinion. And, you know, sometimes that second opinion doesn't have to be another MD. It could be a DO. It could be a holistic uh, physician. You know, there are other options. And I think that in this day and age, we're more open to different things than what was standard 20 years ago. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's just being open-minded about everything you do, about your health, about your own wellness, and being an advocate is probably one of the most important things in terms of your own personal health. I'm curious, like, for people that are going to be watching this or listening, and they've made it this far, kudos. Because <laughs> um, this we, we go pretty deep, you know? And this isn't just not even as deep as we've gone before. Yeah. Like, we've gone into, like, some really, like, whoa, what the freak... But only some people can hang at that point. Sure. Kind of going over diabetes, too, because, you know, my family has a history of that. I think a lot of Filipinos, that's mm-hmm. pretty common, right? Yeah. Um, how, what's the, how would you explain diabetes to someone who's never heard about it before? Or, you know, what are some common misconceptions about diabetes? So, diabetes can be purely genetic, and then a lot of it can be diet-based. Mm-hmm. It can be on the consumption of your sugars or it could be based on genetics. When it's usually genetic, it's because your body is having difficulty producing the insulin, which brings down your sugars to a normal level, your blood sugar. It can be diet-based caused by you being that person who has taken in so much sugar and such a high influx of sugar that your own insulin production is not enough to keep it balanced. So you stay with a high blood sugar and you are at that diabetic level so like there's two different factors some people have a combination of both if you're genetically prone to diabetes you don't create enough insulin to balance it out and you're eating poorly where you're taking in too much sugar or carbohydrate that's when you know like you have compounded effects of obesity and then probably heart disease like so it's like kind of getting an understanding that it can be it can run the family just like anything else, and it can be because of your diet. So how did, how did you get your dad to, you know... So, I mean, my dad is very good at doing things on his own. Mm-hmm. Like, he realized, and he's aware of his health, and understands that when his sugar would get too high, that he couldn't do the things he wanted to do. Like, he would get to the point where the dizziness and the confusion would set in sometimes to the point where we would have to take them to the hospital back then. Mm. And uh, a hard thing for Filipinos is they take in a lot of carbohydrates. The rice is is one of the main staples of a Filipino diet. So it's like (laughs) when he realized that he can regulate it, and I told him that, you know, rice is a big factor. When he cut that down, he kind of 
limited the amount of insulin he needed to take, like, uh, through medication. You know? So he cut it down? Like, he completely it eliminated down. it? Or just it's hard. Portion. So I'll tell you one thing with food, man. It, it, it's hard to change your diet so drastically. If it was that easy, all diets would work. You know? Mm. How hard is it to stick to a diet? It's probably the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. In bodybuilding... It doesn't matter how hard you train. It's how hard and how strict you are with your diet to get to the proper conditioning and the proper shape to be at a competitive level. So for someone who's been eating a certain way for 40, 50 years, you tell them to take out rice, it's not going to happen. Cutting down could happen. You know, you got to be understanding because food is something, it's not just for survival, it's for enjoyment. Yeah. You know, yeah. there are times when I eat, I love eating the Filipino food. Like Hell yeah, dude. Come on. Even when I was doing a show and my and my mom would cook for me, I would still eat it. I'm like, it's not in the middle of your comp in the middle of my competition. Oh, I was like, all right, I'll I'll offset it by having a crazy leg day where I'm consuming and using the most (laughs) amount of energy. But at the same time, it's like you can't take that enjoyment away from you. You can't be that person who is so strict to the point where it's like, I'm not going to eat that, or what you're eating is disgusting. Like I, I honestly despise people like that. Like, you see someone eating fast food, and someone said this one time. Uh, you see someone eating fast food, and someone's like, I can't believe you're eating that. That's disgusting. And you judge someone based on that. Mm. But at some point in time, that was good for you. You liked it. Or it's food for other people. That may not be food for you, but it's food for somebody else. You know? You have to see it that way. Yeah, you have yeah, to be yeah. open-minded. There are too many people that criticize people because they eat poorly. As if they've never ate poorly in their life. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Like, especially with fast food. Fast food's a big one, you know? Like, you you can't look at people and say, since you're eating that, this is the type of person you are. You can't. You can't. Ooh, yeah, wow. And a lot of people do that. And everyone thinks they're the healthiest person. I've been doing this stuff for 20 years, and I would never dare say that you're a bad person for eating something. Then you have these people who are on this non-GMO, gluten-free, this, for two years, and they're saying you shouldn't be eating that. Don't be that person. I saw it on YouTube. Don't be that person. Like, don't let social media get to you either. You know, that's why... Oh, my goodness. It's like, food is food, and food is fuel, and uh, for some people, like, it works for them, and some people, yeah, you see them getting into an unhealthy state, but even then, I don't judge. It's just like, you know, some people are... I'll tell you this, with fast food, they, they put chemicals in there that make it addicting, and, and that's understandable. And for some people, you know, that enjoy food, it's like, that's something that may be stuck with you unless you have a crazy mental shift, you know? It takes a lot. I mean, it makes Diet's sense. the hardest thing. It makes sense, man, that, that sweet and sour sauce from McDonald's, man. That <laughs> <laughs> well, is the yeah. best stuff in the world. <laughs> so, so, I mean, this is really interesting, especially coming from you, because... You've competed at a high level mm-hmm. in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. You've you've done the physique, you've done the bodybuilding, and then you've also had that your foot in the medical field. Yeah. So you you like you're you're encompassing two like it's it's one industry, right? Health and wellness, mm-hmm. right? Fitness and nutrition, whatever. It's the same thing, but you're like two opposite sides of the spectrum. Yes. So your knowledge and experience is so deep when it comes to like fitness, nutrition, mindset, all of these different things, and healthcare. It's really interesting that you say that because, you know, everyone's got this thing with like, oh, fast food, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I agree. It's not like the best for you. But at the same time, like, it's I'm not going to lie, dude. 
I'll crave some chicken nuggets. That's I'll, I crave a McChicken. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that like the only time I didn't have it was when I was on like seventy five hard. Yeah. But that's like on a normal basis. I'm not eating clean every single day. Yeah. I'm not eating like if anything, like I'll probably eat clean maybe 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. And when I say clean, I'm saying like as li- as minimally processed as possible. Yeah. Not even, now that I think about it, I'm like probably less than 50% of the sure. time. It's so difficult, right? <laughs> no, like it we, is. Have, we were having this conversation like how difficult is it to find pro- food that is not processed? It's very Unless difficult. Unless you grow and make your own shit. Exactly. Right? Like, and that's another thing. Once it gets into the, the food industry, you know, regardless of whether it's regulated by the FDA or not, you are still getting something that has some type of chemical process, you know, performed on it. And just because something says it's organic doesn't automatically mean it's organic. And I don't know. At the end of the day, I would just not criticize somebody for eating a certain way. You know, I would criticize somebody if it's detrimental to their health. I mm. understand that. But, you know, just your average person who happens to, you know, make, have no time and go and get fast food. It's like, I'm a bodybuilder. It's like, but I'm not a superhero where I, I eat so perfectly because yeah. in a perfect world, yeah, we can do it. But this is not a perfect world. It's like we have connections to foods that we like that aren't good you know and for some reason the worst foods are the ones that taste the best you know the stuff with the most butter and that's okay when i cook i use a shit ton of butter like it's amazing (laughs) you know but then you have these people who are like oh with keto you can eat butter and it's just like there's a little conflict of interest there but at the same time it's like yeah i don't know a little bit of everything isn't bad for you i don't think and a little bit of fast food here and there is not going to kill you for me i think it it can improve the way your digestion understands and your metabolism understands, okay, there's something really bad here. How are we going to filter that? How are we going to find enzymes to break this down and have it go through your system? That's okay. So I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm just to kind of play off that idea. It's kind of like the daily habits of like, you know, my daily routine is I get up at 4.30, I pray, I meditate, get to the gym at 5.30, be done at like seven you know breakfast so like my it's very regimented like broken down but then every now and then it gets very mundane yeah you know you kind of it gets dull mm-hmm. and you, it works you know that's kind of my go-to but every now and then you, i need to do like a mental switch whether it's like i'll go to the gym at an hour later you mm-hmm. know what i mean whether it's a change of crowd change of atmosphere change of location mm-hmm. right i was telling you this morning instead of going to the mount prospect um la fitness i I'll go to the one closer to my house right yep. here. Um, so that's kind of, is that what you're kind of saying with the metabolism thing where you kind of give your body a break from the daily where it's probably like used to doing at a certain process and then you just kind of give it like the little hiccup to just to keep it, you know, like that fire in its house. No, no, you give it a little bit of something that it's not used to to put a little discomfort on that system. And the body's such an amazing machine where whenever certain things come into the body or whenever any type of trauma or damage, it'll learn to repair itself, you know? Mm. So I think it's something like metabolism and food. Somebody, let's say, eats, who does keto, does not eat any carbohydrates. All it is is fats, proteins, greens, whatever. Like, how is their body going to process something very bad if they happen to ingest it? 
somebody sticks a chicken nugget down their throat forcefully and like how's the body gonna know it's not it's not gonna be adapted to that i think whenever i take in bad foods and when i say bad foods like foods with higher fats some processed foods it's like the body needs to create enzymes to break that down if you are not using anything you're not using them and that's kind of a a simple thing when it comes to a, a lot of mechanisms in the body and a lot of pathways so like if you're taking in no sugars, your insulin sensitivity is high, which is a good thing that's been shown to be synonymous with longevity. But when you take in all those sugars, you're going to have a huge influx of insulin to the point where you may possibly have a diabetic coma. You know, that's just the extreme. It's not going to be that bad. Right. I'm but like, like but it's like, like you, haven't, you, haven't, you haven't taken carbs for a whole year yeah. and some people can be that strict and that's amazing. But what happens when you do take in carbs and a huge influx of carbs, like a huge pasta dinner or something? Mm-hmm. It's like your body's going to respond uh, with an overcompensa- overcompensation of insulin. And, you know, that can be tragic. Or and it holds on to it. Or, your your yeah. body, like, misses the carbs and it just holds on to it longer. Yeah, it, it just doesn't know how to break it down. You know, some of it doesn't get used for fuel. Some of it doesn't get used for uh, other processes in the body. And then it's going to want it more, you know? I mean, carbohydrate is just a, a natural type of energy source in which the body uses the least amount of energy to take. That's why. You can convert that so easily. That's why sugars are good for a workout. Sugars are good for, you know, good energy. Like, I don't know of any marathon runners that do keto because they need those carbohydrates. Mm. Otherwise, you're burning way too much fat and way too much muscle. So it's like, I think you got to give your body, you know, a variety of foods because that keeps the metabolism healthy, you know? And it also keeps the metabolism at a point where it knows which type of enzymes and hormones to create to sustain, you know, healthy digestion. And it, it brings me back to, you know, without naming any names, we've worked with a ton of different clients where fast food was a negative for them. Mm-hmm. It, like, fed into the, the bad habits and the bad lifestyle. And in that case... It's like, yeah, you need to stop. Yeah. But you got to do it like, you know, change doesn't happen overnight. You know, you, you didn't just gain like a shit ton of weight overnight. You mm-hmm. just didn't wake up and you're big, right? Like, or, or, And that's the same way. If you're going to lose it, you're not just going to lose it overnight. Yeah. It's a process. It's going to take time. Absolutely. And just like going back to, you know, these specific clients that we were working with, we didn't, we didn't just completely take out. Like fast food. We were like, all right, cool. Well, next time, let's just do no fries, right? Or, you know, it just kind of like tapering it off. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the biggest issue with people that try to just go to cold turkey and just do a complete, you know, like try to switch up their diet? Like, yeah, you know what? No more carbs, no more fast food, no more blah, blah, blah. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to change. I'm going to look like the rock in 30 days. <laughs> I think... I mean, it's a great question, and I think a lot of people need to understand that when you go cold turkey, you are changing so many things in your body uh, to the point where it changes how you feel completely, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. You know, if you are on fast food every day, all day, and you go from that to, you know, a uh, basically a vegan diet where your proteins are just from natural sources... You're going to feel much better. You're going to feel less sluggish. That's a given. But at the same time, you don't have these heavy nutrients and fats that kind of slow down other processes in your body and in your brain. So I think that if you go from fast food to 
something like a vegan diet or even uh, just a plant-based diet, mm -hmm. you are going to be thinking clearly, you're going to have more energy, and that's the good thing. If you went from fast food to like a keto diet where you have less carbohydrates, I feel like going doing an, that cold turkey will be much difficult because you may feel sluggish from not having enough of the energy that you had from the fast food. As weird as that sounds, but like you are changing so drastically that even emotionally you're going to feel different. Mm. And another big thing is, let's say you go from that and you're cooking more. You go from fast food to cooking more. It changes your whole routine. You know, mm. you're grocery shopping even more. Like you have a routine every day that would change to, let's say you were eating fast food. It would change to, I got to go grocery shopping every other day to have the freshest stuff, you know? And then the time it takes to prep for cooking can be anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour. Mm. And that pushes over what else you were doing that night. And then meal prepping for the next day. And then, and then you have stress over what you're going to make next. And if you're not a good cook, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so it's like, it's like the change doesn't come just from the physiological aspect of it, how your body feels. Emotionally, it's going to mess with you. And then like the stress levels are going to change because you're changing your routine. Anytime you change your routine, you know, it, it can mess with you and it can alter things. That's why when we do things with modern fitness, we're changing one thing at a time. Right. Drink more water. Reduce the refined sugars. You know, all these different uh, modifiable, gradual changes are the things that, you know, will make the transition much easier. Because yeah. it is a transition. It should never be like, you know, unless you're, in a competitive sport like bodybuilding, that's where I think that that mental aspect of I have to do this because this is how to be, you know, in the top five, this is what the diet has to be. And uh, a lot of bodybuilders, I think, have the strongest minds when it comes to making the mental shift with foods. Mm. That's where it's different, you know, and that's where like, you know, the thing is, even when I was on a diet and I knew I had to do it for the show, it still made my life difficult in other ways where like you couldn't go out to eat with people. Mm -hmm. You couldn't go to events where you knew certain foods were going to be there. You couldn't eat your parents' food and that was so good. So like there's different shifts, but for the sacrifice of what? To improve your health, to get better gains in the gym and to look the most conditioned and the most ripped. So like you have to place a value on what you want first before you do anything drastic. So cold turkey is tough, man, mm. especially with foods. Like I said, diet is the hardest thing to change, but will have the most drastic effect, I believe. Mm. If you were to create like a little ratio split with diet and fitness, like workout regimen, would you think like 50-50, like which one's heavier? I mean, obviously nutrition is a big portion, but mm -hmm. in, in terms of how you view it, how would you split it like with diet and fitness? In terms of, uh, of the goal... Like for me now, being older, almost turning 40, the goal is longevity mm -hmm. and kind of enjoyment of your life. You realize that you know, you're know you in a place where financially you're okay, but you still have to enjoy your everyday life. And uh, when you limit your food and restrict your food, you are limiting you know your happiness, man. Food is happiness for a lot of people, and it should be. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm one of those people who eats good food. Like if I cook for people I'll cook my favorite dish which is 
fettuccine alfredo with sun-dried tomatoes and chicken and i make the sauce from scratch and everything and that's a, a heavy bad food for you like yeah. lots of carbs and the chicken doesn't really balance out everything but you're enjoying it so it's yeah. like if i was to make a distribution of you know what's important you know diet is probably 70 percent of it and then exercise is 30 percent but you have to make sure that the diet encompasses foods that you still like you know, when you cut that out, you're cutting out your happiness, man. Yeah. So how about when you were bodybuilding, when you were still bodybuilding and you were competing, what, what would you have said your split was then? My split back then, like I learned to realize after a couple of shows that diet was the most important factor. Yeah. The training will always be there. Yeah. You can change your intensity of training, whatever you want, but you know, it became automatic for me. The training became automatic. But the food became the one thing that gets harder and harder as you lose more and more body fat. So it's like I had to focus on diet 80% of the time. Mm. As you lose body fat, your hormones start to fluctuate. You start the hunger pangs get even worse. You wake up in the middle of the night extremely hungry and your body's requiring more fuel because it's trying to get out of this 5% body fat. That's, that's not a natural state. Your body's like, let me bring you back to a healthy state even though five percent is what looks the best it's not the best for the body the body's trying to recover and bring in more fats and hold on to mo the most muscle possible and any carbohydrate is like amazing for it mm. so it's like focusing on the diet 80 percent of the time is probably the most important factor for success mm, wow so like now that you're not necessarily trying to compete but I mean, hint, hint. I mean, there might be, there might be something in the near future, right? Yeah, hopefully, man. I mean, the, this thirty-five to forty group of bodybuilders are probably the most competitive in my eyes because they know what they're doing and mm. they they just have it down packed. So I think, but the people forty and over, you're, you're starting to, I don't know. I feel like it's a it's a different, more relaxed type of group and more uh, less competitive, but still competitive. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I would start probably after 40 to get back into doing shows again because right now it's still competitive and, and I'll tell you with all the stuff that we're doing and all the stuff yeah. that I do, it's a lot of stress because uh, yeah, yeah. in order to be competitive and be the best, like, and I will never go into a show not knowing that I won't place. Mm. Like, I'll go into the show thinking I'm either in the top five or I'm not going to do it at all. Mm. Not saying I make the top five every time, but that's the mentality I have. So a lot of effort is going to be placed on that specific goal of the show. Now let me let me uh, do. Uh, oh, such a great podcast! I'm like, there's so many questions I want to ask you. But <laughs> so, going back to the split with fitness and nutrition, let me add a third component with mental wellness and mindset. Mm -hmm. Now, what's that split look like in competition mode right now? Like, how important is mental wellness and peak performance, um, or mental wellness? How important is mental wellness and mindset? to overall peak performance when it's time to compete. That's, that's a huge factor. And that's a huge factor for any athlete or anybody who's in any type of competitive state. Uh, your mental wellness and mindset actually overlap with a lot of different things. It overlaps with your training. Like you have to have the proper mindset to be able to push to your max, not exactly to your max, but to push at your best every time you train. You know, when you're at a competitive level, that's pretty much what you're doing. Not to the point of injury or to the point of overtraining but to the point where your performance is is at a peak level 
Mm. And when it comes to diet, that's where your mindset has to be the strongest. Mm. You know, that's where your mindset of, if I take this in as a food and select this food over a bad food, that is going to be the difference in the end. And it's all these little decisions between every meal, between everything that you cook, between every calorie that you take in, that makes you the best or the worst. You know, like it, it is that difference in the mindset that you keep when eating and food choices that will uh, make or break you. So if you were to create a split, like you said, 80, 20, 80 being, you know, your nutrition, 20 being your actual fitness regimen. If you were to redo that and add mindset, how would that split look like? It would be 50, 30, 20, 50% 50 mindset, 30% diet, 20% uh, exercise. Wow. Uh, mindset yeah. being so strong because that does take control over all the other processes. It takes control over all the other activities. If you are have great mental fortitude, which a lot of athletes do, I think it's a necessity, you yeah. have the ability to choose to eat something better every time than having that bad food. You have the choice to go to the gym and, uh, you know, at a hundred percent every time, if you have that mindset as, as if every single gym is an event or a performance or a game, like you, you go into that gym every time, if you have the proper mindset, knowing that I'm going to perform my best at that workout versus somebody who doesn't have a strong mindset. They're in the gym. They'll do their three sets of this workout and then go to the next, like your mindset is different in competition. And, uh, that's probably the one thing, like I'm a very shy person, so to understand someone like me, to go up on stage barely wearing anything, showing my body off and posing, <laughs> I felt amazing. And that took yeah. a lot of mental fortitude. It's like, that's not me, number one, but at the same time, look at what I built. And how did I build that? By having the mindset to choose the right foods and to train harder than anyone else. Mm. So there's a lot that, that mindset kind of can take precedence over when it comes to any type of goal or any type of competition. And that's just one thing. That's just bodybuilding, man. Like you can apply that to anything. That's why mindset is such a powerful uh, component of everything we do. Because if yeah. you have the proper alignment of goals and the proper alignment of focus and mindset towards a specific goal, that's the only way to achieve it. Dude, we can go on all day. <laughs> I love this this conversation because it it wasn't you know like what we said like what do you want what do you want to talk about we'll, we'll figure that shit out when we get we there. always <laughs> just figure it out we, we always just, just talk and it's it's so uh, organic in a way that yeah. you know I never worry whenever we have to record something because we always have a lot to talk about we have phone conversations that are better than this you know? oh I know I'm like dude this should be recorded right here this is great <laughs> I I love it man because it's you bring such a in depth. Um, knowledge and experience to the game. Obviously, you create or you add a whole other layer to what we do as a team at mm -hmm. Modern Fitness. I mean, every every person on our team adds something and brings something very special to the table. And I, I know that's part of the, that's a big reason why we are so successful. But you know, having your knowledge in the competitive fitness industry as well as the healthcare, the seriousness of healthcare, and all that with the wellness, um, makes for a very unique approach to what we do. You know, you have that, and then you bring, you know, 
Wilbur and Ron and Renata and all the the knowledge and experience they bring in each of their respective like categories and life experiences and you know my personal you know experience with leadership and mindset coaching like you put it all together and you get something special absolutely um so first and foremost man I just want to say thank you for taking the time to do this like this your podcast episodes if for anyone that hasn't listened to it yet our interview with Coach Jason, I think it may have been episode three. Episode two, I believe. Two or three, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he, this boy knows, man. Um, he, he, it is still one of our most listened to uh, podcast episodes because as you guys are listening right now, like you can tell, like Jason has been through a lot of different things. Like if you didn't listen, spoiler alert, this dude created a plastic he never got credit for. And I bring it up every single time. He's like, dude, you always bring that up. I'm like, that's how I think about it, man. (laughs) Like you made a plastic that you should have been credited for, but the dude messed up, but you know, but listen to that episode. If you haven't already episode two. Um, but again, dude, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This was so much fun. I can't wait to get more of these, uh, calls and or to get more of these interviews and conversations and especially now that you know we, we kind of talked about hey you know let's get let's get a let's hook up a little bit more like mm-hmm. whether it's in during the week you know it's a little difficult to get a podcast after that because you got work and you know yeah. we got different responsibilities but you know saturday mornings like we get to the gym at eight and then do some stuff like this like, yeah no, this is a great way to, no. i love starting the weekend like this you know absolutely thank you for having me man like this yeah. is always it's always great talking to you because we talk at such a level that uh i I think resonates with a lot of people and at the same time uh can be very informative to a point where it's just like wow i didn't know that and sometimes i think like wow i never explained it that way but you always bring it out in me somehow (laughs) in one way or another like so it's a it's great to do these talks man i appreciate appreciate that i appreciate i i'm gonna I'm gonna once I'm done like recording all this, I'll go ahead and send it to you too, so you can like re-listen to it right away. Like, awesome. <laughs> it's gonna take a little time to get it out on the podcast, um, but I want to get this out as soon as possible, just because. I mean, there's a lot of great like content that we have, but this one specifically, dude, we talk, we go freaking in the deep end. Well, actually, for most people, that's a deep end for us. Yeah. The conversation we've had, that's like yeah, sure. a little bit. It's more a little bit more yeah. uncomfortable than for most people, but. We get into we've gotten to some really deep conversations that a lot yeah. of people would like just not hang in, yeah. you know. And one of the things I want to actually do in the future is I want to get you and uh, Ron, you and Coach Ron, on one of these calls just together oh, yeah. because you guys like are so freaking smart, man. It's yeah. it's crazy when you guys talk about something and I'm I'm just in the background listening because I'm like, whoa, dude, Ron's <laughs> the man. Ron, Ron will talk about the craziest level of things uh, when it comes to fitness exercise and crossfit that yeah it would be such an interesting talk yeah i'm looking forward to it we're gonna make that happen man i should have i should have called in ron next uh, actually next time we'll call in ron um on a saturday morning we'll have like a zoom call yeah that'd be awesome sounds good man good stuff thank you man great stuff thank you